Hey everyone, I'm Mitchell Ray, and you're listening to a new episode of the Real Music Nashville podcast. The Super Bowl is currently on, so I'm going to try and get through this quickly. Um, this week I got to sit down with Beyond Here. They're an amazing local um, alt-rock band. And uh, Anthony Douglas is lead vocals, Jonathan Tuckness on the drums, John Weiskaver, lead guitar, and Logan Hatcher on the bass. Um, they're all really excellent uh, musicians and uh, Anthony's incredibly talented songwriter as well. They have a new EP out called New Dangers. Um, it's very excellent. I would suggest you go check that out on all your favorite streaming platforms. And before we get into the show today with them, I just wanted to promote uh, Jack's Hollow. Jack's Hollow has a new um, single out called Drift Together. And um, she has an episode on the show coming up. We just haven't released it yet. But she does have um, singles that she's releasing leading up to an album release. And uh, yeah, it's just really great. So check out all of her stuff on all of your favorite streaming platforms as well. If you have a single or an upcoming album release that you'd like to have promoted on an intro to one of these podcasts, just email me at realmusicnashville at gmail.com and we can make that happen. One last thing I want to plug uh, before we get into the episode is the live stream that we've been doing every other Monday at the Whiskey Bent Saloon that's still going on and will continue to go on throughout the month of March, I believe. And the next one is February 15th at 8 p.m., and it goes to 11 p.m. So join us on our Facebook page, and I'll put the link in the show notes, and you'll see it, um, you know, up before the show. We'll put it on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all that good stuff. All right, we'll uh, transition into the episode with uh, Beyond Here with a clip from one of their songs off their new EP, New Dangers. This song is called Go There. So you guys still have a show tonight? Yeah, yeah, at the East Room, eight uh, thirty. How stoked are you guys to finally be playing again? Extremely. Is this the first Man. one after COVID? We've had a couple like one-off things, like we did a house show. Um, well, we played at the warehouse up in Clarksville two months ago. Yeah, three months ago. A couple closer to three. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we did like a a house show. A friend of ours had a party that was cool. Um, lots of a garage full of food. So that's always good. We were all about that. <laughs> um, uh, we played Bus Call. Uh, they did a rock night at Tin Roof downtown. We just did that a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. That was a blast. Um, yeah. So it's been cool. Like, it's it's kind of crazy. We were actually adding stuff to our calendar for the first time in months, and it's been nice. So do you get the sense that maybe things might be lifting up finally? You guys can promote 
at least your two singles that are out right now? You were, we're, we're playing. I think everyone's playing it by ear still. Like the venues, like the East Room, those are just now starting to kind of open back up and, and with the masks and the table spread apart. And I think they're kind of seeing if it's going to work, how it's going to work, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah. it's kind of go from there. So and the Rock Block still closed. Yeah. Cannery yeah. Row, it's all still closed. I think uh, the, the OG basement's doing live streams. Yeah. Um, but none of those venues are having any live shows. Like Marathon currently is doing shows again, um, all tables, seating, limited capacity. So is that how, is that how most of the venues have done it that you guys have played? Like how, what's it look like? Do they still let people like crowd around the stage or is it no, no standing room at all? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. No standing room. It's been, uh, so like Anthony and I went to a show last night, um, at the East room where we're playing tonight and, um, just kind of check it out, see what the vibe was like. Um, see what the crowd was going to be like with everybody coming out um, and what to expect. Um, and, you know, it was just everybody at tables, seated, masks on. And, um, but right now, you know, we are excited to play, kind of taking what we can get. Right. Um, there was a huge... We just started last year. And we were talking about it a while ago and realized that we had maybe five or six shows before COVID hit. Um and we had about that many in April alone that we that that were all canceled, um, and filmed a video and recorded five songs, and now we can't promote them because now we can't play anywhere. Right. Yeah. And so now we got to get creative on how we're going to support ourselves, support the music, and support our friends that we want them to do well too. When nobody can go see any music, and then your your poor bassist over here is probably drowning if. It, he uh, doesn't have supplement <laughs> <laughs> supplemental income if he's trying to make it solely. You've as been a pretty busy though, man. He's I've, I've been very busy. I have yeah, I have one day off last week. I've, luckily, I've, I'm lucky enough to make my living playing down uh, Broadway. Is a oh, lot of nice. what I do. Which, I mean, those all those bars have stayed open for yeah. the most part. It's still the same thing. It's all table seating, um, but cover acts are still making plenty of money. Okay, um, you know, at bars throughout the country, but What's original your, uh, venues. What's your cover act if you want to shout them out? Uh, just whoever and whoever the hell hires me. Um, gotcha. <laughs> I, I, I play, you know, just various people downtown. Uh, I guess my one steady, real steady gig, I play with Gabe Marshall. And I play with uh, Courtney Groves a lot regularly. Uh, and then other people outside of that. That's awesome, man, that you can, yeah, I haven't met too many. Um, well, that's not true. I My last roommate was a session music, well, not session, but um, made his uh, living, playing basically like uh, covers and stuff like that. Really good saxophonist named Juan Coelho. Shout out if you're listening. <laughs> saxophonist, you say? Yeah. Looking for one? <laughs> yeah, actually. I mean, there's always room for a good sax solo. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are okay. you guys all from Nashville? Pfft, nobody's from no. Nashville. <laughs> I'm from Nashville. Are you really? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Nice. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm the only one. Yeah, it's just me. There's a couple more, <laughs> less <laughs> yeah. than ten for sure. Me yeah, and Jonathan I'm are actually from the same hometown, uh, Spokane, Washington. Yeah, okay. And didn't know each other back there, but uh, you moved here in what? Fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah, I've been here. It was six years. November. Yeah, six years this month. Well, wow, so you guys moved <laughs> from there and then didn't know each other there, but then met up here. No, we were halfway through the audition. Logan was already in Anthony's band. <clears throat> and I came in and auditioned just over halfway through the thing. 
and was talking about hometown and where we were from. He's like, yeah, I grew up in Spokane, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, you didn't. Stop. <laughs> you were creeping on me on Facebook. And he's like, no, that's where I am. Went to this school I went to. And I was like, well, I'm six blocks over there. Yeah. And I didn't know you. And so, yeah, it's, um, it's really funny because we can sit and talk about hometown and we were just doing it in the car on the way here, and Anthony was like, do you really know where that is? I was like, I know exactly where that is. Yeah. <laughs> so so we have a conversation that's secret between John and Anthony. They don't know what we're talking about. Talk about our love for Zips, burgers. <laughs> yeah, restaurants and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Must be a uh, West Coast local chain or something. No, yeah. it's like only to that city. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. So uh, you had already, you two had already, I'm sorry, I'm pointing at Anthony and uh, Lee Guitarist. Sorry, John. John. Uh, so you guys had already formed the band, and then you were auditioning. So uh, initially, it no, was, I was the last guy in. Yeah. Oh, it was, okay. It was Logan, and we had another guitar player, Zach. Um, and we were kind of looking for a drummer. We found this guy. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was kind of the four of us, and we went through a couple different guitarists, and then uh, entered John. And um, yeah, I saw one of those, you know. Help wanted ads on Facebook needing a, a, a guitar player for a gig. So I stepped in and um, sidebar. It was funny. Sidebar the first gig that I played in town that was original, just an original one off thing at Springwater. Don't tell anybody. Um, <laughs> John was on that gig. And yeah. That was like, I'd been here about a year. And here we are four years later. And now he's in the project that I was in with Anthony and Logan already. So and we I did walk, the, he walks into audition. I was like, I know that guy. We did four the typical ago. Nashville thing <laughs> for four like, years. Yeah. It was like, Hey, we should get together and <laughs> hang out. Lunch. And then six months later, have that same conversation <laughs> again. Yeah. And never made up for four yeah. years. <laughs> yeah. Just never do it. Then now we hang out at least once a week. <laughs> at least. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. to practice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then I came in April. The show was, um, uh, it was a 420 show. It was April 20th last year. Played Perfect. that down in Murfreesboro. The Borough Fondo Fest, if you're familiar. Yeah, the Borough Fondo Fest. Mm. And then I think it was like the next day, Anthony sent me a text. He was like, so... It's like, please don't go. You want to be in the band? <laughs> please stay. <laughs> I, absolutely. I mean, it was like the, the songs were amazing. Um, there was just a, a lot of built-in chemistry. And it was funny because that first show, Jonathan didn't actually play drums. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of ours, Dave Matthews, um, who's usually on the road playing acoustic, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I was like, uh, I was no, like yeah, let's, uh, which Dave Matthews are we talking about? <laughs> no, our, our buddy Dave, he, he had filled in for that show. Um, uh, but, you know, like Jonathan said, him and I connected, like, finally, and, like, we're going to be in the span together, so I was super stoked about that. Mm-hmm. But there was just a, a, a really solid chemistry. And yeah. John was definitely the, the missing piece. For well, sure. We had, I think... Between the three of us, we had a lot of frustration between some of the other people we were working with because we saw the bare bones of the songs and we could hear the, where they were going and it just wasn't happening. And then John came in and we were like, okay, now this is exactly what we knew we wanted to hear. Nice. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, you guys have... Um, I was sort of drawn to y'all. I found you on Instagram. Um, and the reason I wanted to have you guys on here is because you sort of... You have sort of the same sound as like some of the bands I grew up with, like... Um, I mean, I don't know if you'll take offense, but I hear like some sort of like taking back Sunday cross with like maybe Coheed style like lead guitar sound. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I'll take that fro too. I've been trying to grow. <laughs> yeah, right. You've got it. You're like halfway there. I'm working on it. But uh, yeah, I'd say you shred probably more than they do. But uh, it's nice oh, to hear. Yeah, it's nice to hear. It's like if Taking Back Sunday had like a ripping guitarist in it or something. I don't know. I like that. <laughs> 
And th that's something we've been actually super um, intentional about is bringing back uh, Sunday. <laughs> 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 with the dad jokes always <laughs> never stop but um seem to be the guitar kids. solos and just like being having technical players was a thing that's kind of a dying art form yeah um and so we always say you know make solos great again uh to uh coin the make america great again <laughs> <laughs> phrase but, i didn't get that reference can you repeat that <laughs> john puts just as much effort into the solos that he plays as anthony does when he writes the song originally yeah. so it's not that he yeah. has to play the solo note for note every time we play it live or in practice or whatever. But once you hear that solo, you know that goes to this song or this solo goes to that song. Like It's not just freewheeling it every time we play the song. And that helps us all play better because we just kind of know where he's going to go dynamically. Yeah. And we can make sure that we support that. I always thought that and was important. I mean, everybody puts in their effort. Um, and and I, that's really what, what makes us the band that we are. Because like, I've never worked with the drummer that is meticulous about every beat and like what the rhythms are going to be like and what kind of feel that's going to bring. And obviously Anthony writing these songs um, and the effort that goes into that. And the same thing with Logan, just being a phenomenal basis and able to bring in a lot of um, theory and, and understanding on the musical side. And, um, and I think that's what was <laughs> missing in, in a lot of, a lot of local players and a lot of people that we've seen. And um, before it's, um, as guitar solos have kind of come back, it, it's kind of just been this shred fest versus trying to to write something for the song, like making the solo in a different section and, uh, you know, putting that effort in to, to bring a melody to it. So do you guys all have <clears throat> some type of um, uh, schooling? Uh, you mentioned theory. Um, did you guys go to college for music or anything like that? Or went to Berkeley with John Mayer. I don't know about these guys. Did you really? No, I didn't. <laughs> No, I was about to uh, say you got to tell me about that. No, no, um, I, no. What is no. your? Do you have any? I just, I mean, from an early age. I mean, I, I was a band kid throughout like elementary school. Yeah. Um, and then through high school, didn't go to college or anything. Uh, but I just bought a lot of books, studied a lot. It's, I mean, these guys know if I'm either playing somewhere or I'm, I'm in my office learning songs and watching Rick Beato and Adam Neely videos and just cramming mm -hmm. my brain with as much as I can. Yeah, I love it. Well, yeah, same thing here. Like, I mean, I was a band kid throughout high school, but like as a guitar player, it's part of what's kept me off of Broadway. Is I don't know that many songs. I was never the guy to really sit down, and and not that I think it's a bad thing. I kind of wish I did it more, honestly. But I was never the guy to sit down and learn a bunch of songs. Um, I just practice. I just hit scales, and that yeah. was fun to me. That's, that's probably the biggest difference between John and I, because when I first moved to town, all I did was play Broadway, mm -hmm. and that's all. I have stopped doing it pretty much since March. Um, my wife was pregnant with our third child, and when COVID hit, it was a scary thought for me to go down there and you know have a chance of getting sick and coming home and bringing it home to my pregnant wife. Right. <clears throat> we still have a very small child who was in the NICU for a little while, so it's, it's not easy for me to just put that in the back of my mind and go play music you know, for the people downtown. The money's good, and I... I'm so glad that Logan has stayed as busy as he has. Yeah. I know a bunch of songs. And so when we are writing a song, I have this library to pick from of like, well, this guy did this on this song or this guy did that and all that kind of stuff. John doesn't, let's say John doesn't have that. That means that it is 1000% authentic that comes out of John. And that's probably better for John than better for me to be like, oh yeah, I ripped that off of this song. Well, John's like, yeah, I made that up on the spot. Right, but then you've got um, everyone kind of brings their own like 
part to the band or whatever you that uh learning multiple songs like that and um probably helps you like know how to build a song a little bit better than uh or sort of you know how um a song should be formed uh and then um you know he can bring in the technical aspect of just his pure guitar playing but the, on top of that the best thing for john and i and, and logan included and i'm leaving out Anthony for a reason. Anthony has this full vision of a song when he brings it to us. And he's like, this is what I want to try to accomplish. How do we do that as a band? And John's like, well, I can try this. Does that meet it? And it's either right or wrong. And we roll with it or change it. And it's the same for me. Like, oh, I hear this beat, but Anthony might have already had something in his mind that works. Logan is the one I think that we, all three of us can give the least amount of direction to and don't need to give any direction to because what he plays the first time most of the time is the right thing. And that's why Logan is a huge asset. John and I, we put more thought into, you know, what it's going to be and what it is because I don't know. I don't know how to say it without sounding like I'm saying something bad. I think Logan has put more time into the craft of the instrument. Yeah. And so he's just like, well, that's the scale. And it goes like this, blah, blah, blah. And Mm -hmm. John's like, well, you know, this sounds pretty. And I'm like, well, this fits the groove, you know? So yeah, we, we yeah. all have Logan probably plays more currently than all of us. I know a bunch of songs, Joe, John, Joe is not here. Today. Joe's not, Joe didn't make it. Anthony. One of the I know the things. least musically, yeah. like technically theory no. wise. Yes. But you know, I mean, there's a, there's a beauty in that too, especially as a songwriter. Because you're not limited. I, I've heard so many people with that argument, and and I, I agree with it. It's really just based on the person. It's like you can almost have the the curse of knowledge, mm-hmm. and then in your head, like, well, I can't do that because it's like no. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't have that, and you're just playing and feeling around with what sounds good, you got to what I you got to what I wanted to say. You don't have that cre- You don't have that roadblock. Well, someone so didn't do this, so I can't do that. Yeah, you know, and you it's made some that. really interesting songs. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Anthony's one of those people that he's one of those musicians, kind of like Marty Friedman, who claims to know nothing. But then when you actually dissect it, it's like Charlotte, for instance, one of our songs mm-hmm. has a, a strange progression in it at uh-huh. one point. And Anthony's like, I don't know what this is. I'm like, no, that's all. It's a G melodic minor. Yeah. It's not a typical thing in rock music. Um, so I had this weird way of somehow kind of being able to get inside Anthony's head and just get his ideas out sonically right i think that's why we've worked yeah. really well together and i say it at least twice every rehearsal i do not want to sound like to the extent that we can can i don't want to sound like another mm-hmm. band mm-hmm. and even beyond that not just not sounding like every other band from like one song of ours to the next song of ours i don't want those two songs to sound the same and if it does we're not going to do it or we're going to rework it or we're going to do something to it so that it doesn't sound like the last single that we just released, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And I'm extremely intentional about that. Um, I think it's just important that like every song sound different. It's original. Um, and it, it challenges us to, to push and to do things and pull extra out of us that instead of just your default lick or, or pass or whatever it is, um, like, no, go a step further, find something that you haven't done before. Maybe somebody's done it before, but maybe you haven't done it before. You know what I mean? So yeah, maybe nobody's done it in this style of in this song setting, or in right. this way. You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think yeah. just having that, like, at the front of all of our minds and, and how we approach playing um, and, like, writing these songs, I think that kind of, like, helps. What I think 
are pretty unique songs compared to whatever, you know what I mean? So that's pretty interesting that you um you don't want like a cohesive sound for an entire album. Um because I sort of noticed that between the two singles that you have out, uh, Go There and Young One, mm-hmm. um, I forget which one. I think it's uh, Go There is like starts with like a heavier um, uh, guitar uh-huh. riff, yeah. and it just seemed like a heavier song. And there there are similarities. Like I could see them being on the same album, but I, I see what you mean there. Like they're, um, you know, everything doesn't sound the same. Like you were saying, when we they met with like the producer us. Colt, <laughs> yeah, who who recorded our stuff and produced the EP that we have. Yeah. We have five songs. They are five drastically different songs. They're not five good or five bad songs. They are different, different groove, different feel, different uh, tones, different stuff that Anthony's singing. I mean, everything is so different about those five songs. And it was very intentional to do it that way in, in the aspect of, we can't just say, well, we sound like the Foo Fighters or we sound like the Frey or we sound like the script. We sound like the Foo Fighters and the Frey and the script and Coheed and Cambria. Like we sound like a bunch of these bands because we all listen to those bands all the time. We put out the EP and one of those songs hopefully does better than the other four. Maybe that's a creative direction to go into. You know, there can be some strategic play into how you record, you know, your very first debut anything, you know, it's different when you just know you're going to put out a country record. We're putting out an alternative rock record. The alternative rock has a thousand different descriptions, you know. Even in, like, the way that we, like, Young One was the first release. Want to mm-hmm. talk about that? How, like, we, mm-hmm. that was pretty strategic, too. Yeah, it was, like, because like, Young One's a pretty, I hate to use it as a negative word, because, uh, I mean, I think all of our music is, is great. I'm a little biased. But, like, <laughs> Young One, it's pretty vanilla. It's pretty mid- middle of the road, you know. It's no, got a great hook on it, though. Thank you. Oh, yeah, I mean, but, like, yeah. a great song, a great hook, but nothing too extreme or intense, no big guitar solos, nothing, mm-hmm. you know, it, just extreme energy or lack thereof. Um, and then we released Go There, which is this heavier sound, a guitar solo, a lot of energy. Um, and then uh, the plan is for the third one we're going to release is a, a song called New Man. And it's very groovy and funky. Like my guitar stayed clean the whole time, just a, a nice groove to it. And it's very different. And like those are definitely the three that we wanted to push right away. But we didn't want to push New Man first and have everybody think we were this kind of like funky first album, Maroon mm. 5, because that was the only <laughs> album worth listening to, um, <laughs> type band. And we didn't want to really go there first and get pigeonholed into this, like we're this mm-hmm. heavy rock band, because mm-hmm. we're not. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there was a lot of strategy behind how we uh, were releasing the singles that we did. Uh, when's, your, when's this next single coming out? That's a great question. Not sure. <laughs> we, should, we should sit down and talk about that at some point. We should have some yeah, we're after so lunch. we're in the mixing process right now. We have the rest of the EP being mixed. Mm-hmm. Um, we're waiting for those to get back. Uh, honestly, I think this week we should be getting those. Um, and that's with Colt uh, Colt Caparoon. Caparoon. Yeah, he's been fantastic. He's become a good friend. And how'd like, you guys hook up with years. him? So I used to build um, amps for a company when I first moved here. I'd gotten some like circuit board building. Um, uh, and he was one of the clients. He had just moved from uh, central Illinois, uh, and he was starting to get in, like, building his studio. And he's in, he's a producer, but he's also a guitar player. Um, and he's just a super cool guy. Um, and so I got to become friends with him. He actually has a huge following on Instagram and YouTube. Um, 
um, that's like been half of his business. I feel like it's just his social media outlets. Yeah, I looked into him um, as I was trying to get some show notes together for you guys. And yeah, he's got quite uh, a lot of stuff going on and quite the history behind him. He's yeah. done a lot of really interesting things. And he's that type of guy that he really wants to give as much as he can. Um, that was a big reason that we wanted to work with him is because it wasn't just this producer that's going to make our song sound great and take it to the level that they need to be, but his knowledge as a touring guitar player um, and his knowledge, because he's always just studying the business and what's happening now, social media, everything, and we get all of that with him, which is fantastic. He's a, He's been on both sides of things and has the experience of marketing his own um, YouTube stuff than everything that he's doing right now. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so when did you guys form officially, like as a band? This, I'm going to say April 21st of yeah. 2009. It was the, yeah, the day that, that he officially invited me, uh, into band. And we were a five piece then, um, with, uh, Zach, he was a guitar player, kind of a utility guy, guitar player and keys. Um, uh, yeah. yeah so really, so, if you think from, from April to... I guess April 2019 to April 2020, about a year. And then hashtag COVID, <laughs> lost a year, literally. Mm-hmm. So yeah. about a year. Okay. Minus COVID. So. so, yeah, you guys are relatively new, but it seems like you sort of like hit the ground running. You got a song on the radio. How did you get um, your single on The Buzz? Uh, 102.9 The Buzz is a local station here in Nashville. Yeah, no, Andy Heron is just, um, he's the host of that that show. Um, just extremely supportive of not just us, all local bands in Nashville. Like yeah, it's, it's crazy. Unreal how support, and it's a genuine thing. It's not like some fake. Like he really wants to help. Yeah, know, push local bands. You know, I mean, he does. A, he's a drummer in a band called uh, Cabo. So okay, he's he's in the same world that we are. Mm-hmm. But no, we we met him originally. Um, we went on the air with him. I think it was last June. Uh, there was a show coming up. We were playing with some friends of ours called Sons of Our Fathers. And um, and so they brought us on as well, which was super cool. And so we got to meet them. And then Anthony and I were actually at a at a show one night, and we saw Andy there. Um, so I connected with him and um, got his information. And as soon as we were ready to release something, he was he just jumped all over it. So uh, oh, that's great. So it was like an organic relationship. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. if you guys had um, with your previous experiences in the industry i didn't know if you guys had like some hookup with a, a manager or someone that pitched you guys to the station or no do you like know that. one do you know anybody <laughs> <laughs> no, no it's like everyone <laughs> you know we've worked with that? has become like there it's a relationship it's a friendship um w- which is cool uh but yeah we don't have you know anybody on the like management side of things yeah that's what i'm trying to do with the podcast is like build this network of um musicians that kind of can support each other that way as well. Beautiful. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I really think that's what Nashville needs. And I, I'm, I think Nashville has that already organically, um, just like you described, you know, you meet these, uh, musicians and everything, and it seems like they all kind of want to help each other. Is that sort of the experience you guys have run into? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Totally yeah. different. I mean, I, act- I moved here from San Diego, uh-huh. um, and, I mean, at the time, I wasn't playing music a whole lot because I was in the military, but I would go up to L.A. all the time um, just to see shows. And um, it's a totally different experience up there. Um, someone sees that you're a threat and doing well, they'll intentionally set you on a wrong path mm. to kind of weed you out of their way. Um, Nashville is completely different. The sense of community here, 
um, and just the willingness to help. I remember like I was putting on a show um, last February or this, this February. I don't know, 2020. I don't know what anything is anymore. Uh, yeah, it was a, a Rush tribute show. and I don't know yeah. when that was. <laughs> uh, Rich Redmond, a friend of mine, uh, plays with uh, Jason Aldean. I was just oh, like, wow. oh, let me take a shot in the dark and shoot this guy an email and see if he'll want to play. Um, and he's responded back with nothing but his phone number. And That's was like, awesome. Give me a call. And so he came and played, did it for free. Um, but people are just so willing to go out of their way and help you out, give you any information you need. It's it's great here. Yeah, and you got guys like Tyson Leslie, who's just been huge for uniting the rock community. Um, he puts on a few shows, like Rare Hair is one of his shows. Is this like a, um, is he a booker? Who is this? No, he's a musician. Um, he's a musician that just believes in other musicians and, and community. Um, so he puts on these big shows. The last one he did was uh, Rare Hair back in December. Uh, December, yeah, it was December December second. Yeah, and it was like um, it was at the Basement East, which is back. It's fantastic. Um, I think there were, and basically what it is 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 like rare hair, so hair metal, eighties, you know, a bunch of shred stuff. Um, but it's a, a full night of music, but every song is a different lineup of musicians. I think that night it was like 137 musicians. Wow. All rock musicians. Some of them like huge touring guys. Um, David Elveston from Megadeth was on the the one prior to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then some friends of ours, uh, Jack and Jim Ivins, they have a band called the Ivins. Yeah, they were, um, um, I'm releasing their podcast Monday. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, love those guys. Yeah. Uh, they put together this, uh, a grunge night, which is essentially the same thing. Yeah. Different musicians. And then uh, like the last one, uh, that I played, um, uh, Daughtry was there and, and, you know, Chris came up and, and sang some, so it was, it was pretty cool. Like, and cause that's just the whole local community. It wasn't a thing like Daughtry and this event. It was like, he was just a part of it. Right. So now did he, Daughtry, did he run up at the, cause I think Jim told me that story. Did he run up at the end, the very end? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. Jim was talking about that. His mind was just like, blown and it was the end of the night you know well anyways it's Nashville's a good story a you'll have to listen to the podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah the rock community here is, is pretty fantastic it really is it's genuine yeah it seems like it's coming back like it seemed like rock was sort of um dying well not dying but like i don't know early 2000s and then i don't know what what do you feel like filled that void for a minute it seemed like there was no real rock bands out there anymore and now you know with like like the Ivans, like you mentioned, and with you guys, it's more like straightforward rock is sort of coming back a little bit. I think technology, um, you know, because right around that time, you, you get into the, you know, the early 2000s is when Pro Tools became accessible and you could build your home studio. Right. And then it went to like this R&B thing and whatever you could do in your house. Um, and like anything, it's fun and new and that's what everybody wants to do um but then it fades back out and people are like well wait a second i, I just want to plug into a big ass amp and i'm gonna say and something that uh, that's gonna offend somebody oh i like it <laughs> country music is very hard to record because it has to sound perfect every time uh-huh. rock like does not have to sound perfect every time we can record rock in our basement and it sound okay we use colt because we need his knowledge and his skill and he knows how to record properly even right. in small studio spaces so it's not that we couldn't do it. We made a very wise decision to use somebody that could take our songs, like John said, to the level we think they should be at. Country music 
is very polished all the time if you want it to succeed on the radio. And you can hear rock songs on the radio right now that aren't necessarily totally cookie cutter and sound perfect. And it's a lot easier for bands like us to get stuff done, maybe on a budget, maybe in a very short time frame. where other genres of music, it's a bunch of money, a bunch of time in the studio, a bunch of processing. And so we have the ability to put out more content more frequently than anybody else does as rock musicians, as alt rock musicians even. And so more people are going to hear our music more frequently than if so-and-so goes in and records their country or pop album and it takes them six months to do one song. <laughs> Let me say, it's taken us this really long time to get these five songs out. Yeah. But we're releasing five songs pretty much back to back to back all at once where you have some other artist and maybe a different genre. I'm using country where it is literally one song every six months. And we don't have that time. We don't want that time. We want to get our music out in front of as many people as often as frequent as we can. And we're not the only band that can do that in a short period of time. Rock is just, it's easier to well, do. Well, I think outside of that too, it's just an authenticity <coughs> because mm-hmm. people realize like with the country world and, and with pop, it's just so polished that mm-hmm. it's not authentic. And, and, and that wave is, I'm definitely seeing it come back. No disrespect to the players and the people that do it. Yeah, no, but I mean, it it's has a its thing. commercial space. There but. was an era for it and, and it was a thing. And, um, you know, again, it was just all those tools that we had. We had the auto-tune and you could edit drums to be, you know, when, when people live and die by the grid, mm-hmm. uh, hate the grid. <laughs> I like to be human. Almost too perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the thing with recording in your garage, um, sometimes that can sound for a rock band better than like a super polished record. I remember hearing the Black Keys for the first time and I was like, this sounds like it was fucking recorded in a garage. I wonder if it was like a home studio or Mm -hmm. like, and I I don't know if it was a sound they were going for, but I feel like it was an achievable sound. And, you know, this was back when I was playing in bands a whole bunch. I was like, "Mm, you know, this sounds, I'm listening to something that sounds achievable to me, you know? Yeah. Whereas I listen to something that's super polished and I feel like I have to get with a, record label and have them you know dump a bunch of money into me which would never fucking happen Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) but um uh yeah i like the the rawness of like what you can achieve with just uh on your own as a rock band rock is coming back because we have the ability to put out more music and more content at a faster pace and it's the stuff that we pick and choose, not somebody else necessarily telling us what song is best fit for us or what we should do. You know, yeah. we, we the five songs that we recorded with Colt are the five songs we asked Colt to record for us. Right. The, maybe there was one song that we're like, listen to this and tell us if you think this is smart. It's not like Colt listened to our 15 songs and picked his top five. We These are the five we want to do. And, you know. It's just worked out. It worked out better for rock in general to be able to do all this stuff on your own. Yeah. That's that's why it's coming back because you can just do so much, put out so much content in such a short period of time. I really yeah, like think the, well. the band that kind of saved rock and roll. And if you ask me, is one of the there's more coming up right now. I think like the Pretty Reckless, uh, Royal Blood. Those are like some of the like true current rock and roll bands. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, like I said, that's starting to come back. But I think it was really the Foo Fighters. Oh yeah, where kept I think it alive. They were the ones who kept it alive without a doubt. Hmm. I yeah. mean, because I never considered that. I mean, they're all real people on stage. Everything you're hearing is really happening. I mean, there's artists that I love, like Billie Eilish, for instance. Mm-hmm. But she's somebody who I like to listen to. I would never go to one of her shows because her music is 
catered to it's it's engineered it's meant to sound like that you know with anthony and, and i can go without you fake instruments <laughs> um front row <laughs> but um it's just not one of those things that you is meant to see see live like we have songs that mm-hmm. we do them a little bit differently when we play them live because it's like well if we're gonna be doing a show we want you to be able to come and experience that if you want to hear it the exact same way just stay at home and listen listen to it online that's what i love about a a live show and you know you're making jokes about playing with dave matthews (laughs) you go and and i know that that band is somewhat of a joke to everyone but uh i'm a fan yeah Yeah. you go to one of their shows i think that's why they have such a a huge following you go to one of their shows it's different every time you know Mm -hmm. yeah you never know who's going to show up and play with them too yeah like they make it a show that's we're super intentional about that like you know we've been around individually long enough to know what to expect when you go to a local rock show and we want to give you something different. We're pretty objective. Like we're pretty good at stepping outside of this, you know, uh, perspective and saying, if I were watching what we just did, mm-hmm. would I be entertained or would I get bored? We were just talking to rehearsal. Yeah, we just did that like, today. If we yeah. just played that, I would, I would be bored if I just watched what we just did. Yeah. So we're pretty objective about like, how do we make this something that people will actually want to sit and watch and be, you know, engaged with, you know, so. Yeah, that's a good mentality to have, like a third-person mm-hmm. view almost of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, Victor Wooten said, you can listen to good music at home. <laughs> yep. That's yep. a great quote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Victor Wooten. I saw him. He did a clinic in, at the local Sam Ash down here when I was, like, 15. And, dude, that guy's fucking incredible. He did another mm-hmm. one last year I went to. Did he? Yeah. Same place right down here? Sa- Sam Ash. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I missed that one. Yeah, he lives <laughs> over like a West Nashville area. But yeah, you I didn't know he right. was local. What's mm-hmm. that? You played with him, right? No, never played with Victor. Reggie. I played with Reggie. Yeah. Reggie. Yeah, I did a few Somebody shows played with Reggie. Yeah. yeah, I'd be Reggie's scared to play with him. <laughs> He's super cool. He's the most chill guy. He calls me Rock City. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're kind of dressed like Rock City a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just this can't afford thing. pants without holes in them. It's a whole ass bod. Um, so you guys, you guys mentioned how helpful the Nashville scene has been. Do you feel like there's like a certain venue that sort of feels like home to you that you sort of started there and grew outwards and you always come back to, or is it really? We haven't done that many shows yet. We're about eight shows under our belt right now total. So, I mean, we played the Cobra a couple times, Springwater a couple times. Um, Nashville is so small and the venues are so, you know, specific to what genre you're going to play, whether you can play that venue. So it's, it's smarter for us to say, we like them all. They're <laughs> all like great. The basement They're East all to be our go-to venue. <clears throat> the basement East. So <laughs> yeah. What area in Nashville do you think you are most accepted in? Like you sort of fit in, um, like he was just saying, you know, there's certain areas where you can only, certain music is, uh, sort of. It's almost like the music is segregated into Broadway and then the Nashville or the basement East. And uh, what would you say? Not at all to like suit our own horns, but we really haven't played to a crowd that wasn't that didn't like it. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> I mean, just that's to, a yeah. good sign. It's, I mean, we played some very different. We played this um, like basically like a biker rally crowd pretty mm-hmm. much. At that one house show, it was, it was in Hendersonville, down the mm-hmm. street from here. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, like yeah. literally a bunch of biker people, 
and they like it. it. <laughs> and then we'll, so we go from playing that to playing um, like the Eastroom tonight, which yeah. is a completely different crowd. But, you know, it's we really haven't played. Um, I think we can, I think it'll work anywhere we play. I really yeah. Do. yeah. As soon as all these damn restrictions get, you know, lifted up, you guys can really take off after that. Yeah. Yeah. COVID sort of slowed everything down. Um, yeah. Have you guys considered doing live streams or anything like that to promote the singles you've been dropping? We uh, considered it. <laughs> we, we've talked about it a lot, and it's yeah, we we've gone back and forth and haven't really. What is your opinion? Because uh, yeah, you seem very hesitant. I, I I think I can speak for all of us. For the most part, none of us have actually, and this is going to sound shitty, and I, I apologize to anybody. But like, uh, I don't think any of us have sat down and, and watched somebody's live stream. Right. I, I watched a couple of friends who were doing one. I said, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to watch my friend do this. Mm-hmm. I have not watched just a random person sit up and play for 30, 45 minutes. Um, yeah, what do you think the disconnect is there? Do you think it's the... It's too easy to do something else. If you're watching a show in person, you can't just get up and leave. But right. if you're just watching on your phone, you can mm-hmm. just stop at any time you know you're not actually there yeah it's, it's <laughs> I just mean, it's convenient but yeah it's there's something to... about live music that that brings a connection mm-hmm. that you're it, not going to get i mean it's cool watching mm-hmm. a live show but um it, it's it i'm not knocking anybody that does it mm-hmm. you have to have the you still have to have the sound right you still have to have good lighting. You still have to have all these cool things. I mean, you have to have a good backdrop. I mean, your podcast right here, this definitely should be on video. You've got <laughs> you've got a great space for this. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's some live... There you go. There's some <laughs> live um, <clears throat> streams that I've watched of this guy playing, you know, next to his mom's curtains. And it's like, man, this is... I, I You're really good, but I'm not going to sit here and stare at you while you play right. these cover songs or whatever. Original bands are more tough. Even live bands, it's hard to get people to come out and pay a cover to hear music they don't know if they're going to like or not. So that's where we have to promote ourselves outside of, I don't know, live shows just don't see, I don't know how much they would benefit a rock band like this. I don't think the Ivans have done a live show or anything like that. Um, I think that there's... You mean live streaming? Live streaming. Yeah, 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 sorry. Um, There's a lot of people that live stream for their aunt and their uncle and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I'm going to support my buddies that do it, but um, I, I think I because know, our it's, general, it's a hard thing. I think our general <clears throat> approach is so um, intentional and like business minded. And this is not a hobby. We all love music mm-hmm. more than anything else, but mm-hmm. this is not a hobby. So I think when you look at the live stream thing, it's some guy sitting on his couch with his guitar, mm-hmm. and that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that at all. I'm not knocking that. But it's that um, element of this is not why we're in this to to do this. You have to step up the live stream so much now yeah. because it got oversaturated yep. so much in April, May, yeah. June, where everywhere you looked was a country cover. I know I, I play country music, so please don't hate me. <laughs> um, it's just it's another country cover band playing their third night in a row Facebook Live. Yeah. And it's like, man, this is like now you're just another band that did that. If you put on a show, so here's a perfect example. One of my favorite bands, Trans Siberian Orchestra, uh-huh. tours every Christmas, all season long, every year, and they sell out arenas all over the country. They're doing that full production show with no crowd and a live stream. That's the live stream I want to watch. Yeah. I don't necessarily want to watch Dave on his couch. Well, uh, I think, um, 
Um, I want to still see the effort put into a full sh- production. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, um, uh, who's the dude Who's the dude that sings for Tool? Uh, no, maybe it's not Tool. Maynard. Yeah, Maynard. I thought I heard him on Rogan's podcast talking about, uh, like, they did a whole, like, a full production. They took the budget for their, mm-hmm. their uh, live, their... Um, tour they were going to do and they put it all into a um like a full setup and production for i don't know if they're going to do a live stream or what i can't really remember but it was something like that where it's just going to be available online Mm -hmm. and probably maybe behind a paywall or something like that but they put in the actual production behind it but then i've also seen some of these live streams that um i think it may it might have been exit in uh their live stream they Mm -hmm. had a shit ton of production behind it and i was sitting there watching and i was like this still feels off somehow, you was know. It, was the Prince one that Todd did? I don't remember. I don't remember uh, who I was watching. Uh, it came up in in my Instagram feed. Yeah, I so saw. I know uh, a group called the Foxies did a, a live feed from X and N. I think there's something, and just as a live performer, um, you get a lot of energy from the crowd. And so, as energetic as you want to be, if you're playing to an empty room, you're gonna. Mm-hmm. come off as you're playing to an empty room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely an energy that's missing. Um, yeah, you, you just draw from that. There's no other feeling like it. Um, yeah. You can f- literally feel that energy in the room, I I, I think, anyways. And I think that's probably why most people play. That's, you know, would you agree? <laughs> no, there's there's an interaction. I mean, yeah. You're, you're, yeah, you're up there doing what you love, and when you see people responding to it, it's like, oh, my God, it just makes it that much more... You know, there's so many paths you can go on as a musician. You can teach, you can, you know, blanking on any other thing. (laughs) Teach. (laughs) You can teach teach or you can teach. But like, I mean, for us, we, we like to, we like to play live because there's, there's something else to it, you know? I think when it comes to live streams too, I think a lot of the people who were doing it and have been doing it are people who are, are in different boats when their sole source of income was touring and playing music. Luckily, we all had other means of making money, so this is not our sole income. We don't have to do a live stream. Yep. There are way mm-hmm. other bands, uh, sorry, way more bands that were uh, less fortunate, and that's all they could do. So, I mean, I, I was donated, but still, I never, I never sat down for an hour and watched right. a live stream. Yeah, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've known of some live streams of some of my favorite bands, and. Like, I would pay money to go see them live, but then they're putting out, like, a free access to them actually playing live, and I'll click on it for a second, and then I sort of zone out and start playing video games or something. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. When we released uh, the video for Young One, I did it as a Facebook live stream, and so basically what would happen is at 7 o'clock, I had this little ticker that came up and said, our video is going to start in 7 seconds, and then the song would play through. And then it would end, and it would say, "If you're new, if you're new here, just wait 15 seconds. The song's gonna play again." I literally played it on a loop, and we as a band sat in the chat and talked to everybody. I'd never seen that done before. It was an idea. It kind of worked. I think it just that first release. Really like, awesome. Let's say we had let's say we had 100 people that watched it. Mm-hmm. That's 100 people more than we thought were gonna watch it within the first hour the song was out. Yeah, yeah. and so that was more productive for us than I think at the time trying to set up a production yeah. and spending the money and hoping that you still sell tickets to it. We're not a 
a very popular band. We're not going to go sell 1,500 tickets to a venue. Right. Which means if you're going to do the same thing online, you still got to sell tickets, but it still costs you the money to put the show on. Yeah. So I, it's, you know. Yeah, I've got a friend that put on a show, a live stream. The Five the five Spot's been, you know, yeah. li- live streaming a lot. And um, uh, they used a company, and I won't mention who it was or whatever, but it's one of these ticketing companies that they take 20% right off the top. And then you've got, a, I think it was like 500 to rent the venue. Mm. And um, so you're looking at a lot of money you have to make just to break even. And she said they did all right, but, you know, it just, like I said, it just seems like a lot to overcome, especially when you have this uh, basically just a paywall that is taking 20% right off the top. Yeah. You have to look at, like, the you know cost-benefit situation there, too. Right. Is it even... Nothing. It's not worth doing that, but is it though? You know, like. <laughs> if we if we broke even on a show, but five hundred more people heard our music or saw us perform than did before, we got paid. Yeah, we yeah. all feel that way. Yeah, we we believe in the music. We believe in our ability and the stage show and all that. That eventually one day maybe it could make us. It could be good for our career and our livelihood. We're not at that spot right now where we expect to go make $500 when we play a show. We expect five more people to hear our song that didn't hear it yesterday. And so if we did a show and we broke even, but more people heard our songs and liked it and might share it with somebody, we just got paid. Yeah. And so we're, tr- we're every day trying... John is the best at trying to think of ideas on how to go about doing that. He, he just every day is an idea of let's try this, let's try this, let's try this. And they're never terrible ideas. They're ideas we have to talk through as a band. Um, <laughs> they're never terrible, but we have to talk about how to cancel them. <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> no. But, but it's, it's all... Something's going to stick at some point. And uh, maybe it is just doing a live show. You know, yeah. Ride an Hour is a place where you can go literally rent a full production stage. And they have a live stream. They have it all set up so it sounds good. You can, I mean, you can watch a live stream. If it doesn't sound good, you're still wasting your time. Yeah. So, yeah, it's all very hard to get all that <coughs> together. I know, <clears throat> I know you guys have to get out of here pretty soon because uh, what time you got to be there at six or for your show tonight? Be there at seven. About seven. At no, seven. You have to load still up all our gear again. Yeah. Yeah. We've, um, yeah, I wanted to get into your lyrics real quick. Are, so, are you like, uh, I know, um, I know Jonathan here uh, was saying that you bring like a finished... I do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that you bring a finished product basically to the band. Are you the sole lyricist uh, or does like the band sort of chip in with that? Yeah, it's mostly mostly me. Yeah. It's all you. <laughs> all you. None of us have ever contributed yeah. any sort of lyrics. Yeah. The, the, the melody, the structure, chorus, verse, bridge, that changes. The, the, what he comes as far as the story and the words... That is all stuff that that's complete when when we get it. Okay. And uh, if if he changes that on his own, we don't ever know about that. But that's that is something that he's all about, and we are. Fi- I think all of us are fine with that. Like, well, I, I've also writing... witnessed time. I, I've witnessed a couple times. It's like, hey, Anthony, I have this riff. It's like, oh, okay, cool. I'll be right back, and comes back fifteen minutes later with a song. That, uh, yeah. Like, oh, no. Yes. No. <laughs> yes. No. You have two witnesses. Yeah. Shut your black ass up. <laughs> this is how rehearsals are. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, we'll leave practice one week and then come back the next week. And Anthony's like, oh, I got six new ones I want to show you guys. That's just the regular. There, that would have a ton of songs. That wouldn't happen if they weren't so good at like 
just putting it all together like, right there on the spot. And I don't, I've never been in a band before, like ever. This is my first ever band ever. They've been, dude, been you lucked band. out. Yeah, no, seriously. We've <laughs> been, they've all done. We've this lucked out. Like, I mean, yeah. I've never worked with a songwriter like him. So it's, mm-hmm. it, it's just such a good, it's not work. That's we why, talk that's about why it. It's so good. It's not work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we it's we just, talk about it all the time how weird it is. Like, why is everything. I, I hate to use the word perfect, but like, why is everything going so well? Why are, are writing songs? Why is that easy? Why do we have this chemistry? Why were we able to come up with a band name that's simple and easy to remember that you can actually like, we have no presence. We have very little presence online, but if you Google us, we're going to come up because it's a very unique mm-hmm. name, but it's not something that we had to like change the spelling or some, you know, mm-hmm. um, it, it's just been working out. I think it was the song. It was enough. Um, when we wrote that. You brought the lyrics and the structure of it to practice. Mm-hmm. I think two hours before we were going to go play a show, mm-hmm. uh, we were just doing a rehearsal and we threw it together in like 45 minutes and we're like, screw it. Let's go play it tonight. Nice. And the, the structure hasn't changned. Like the song has yeah. been exactly the way disappear, it's been since Disappear that day. and enough both. We like, we learned on Saturday and the gig was Sunday. Anthony's outdoor disappear show. Disappear too. Oh, that's crazy. And disappear. Yeah, we played both those songs like the next day, the day that we learned them, and the songs, in a nutshell, from like Logan said, from top to bottom, never changed. It's the same song it was that day, and it's that's there's something to be said about how quickly the chemistry falls into place on these songs. But shout out to Anthony for coming with a song that we all want to to plow through and get it done right now because we're excited to, to hear it when it's done. Yeah. We're excited to hear them as much as we are to play them. It's not, it's almost a problem. Like how much <laughs> content we have. <laughs> yeah. It's almost a problem. Like we don't have the biggest challenge. Honestly, it's like, how do we get all this stuff recorded? Yeah. Well, yeah, it sounds like you guys, I don't know if you just sort of fell in, uh, the, but the chemistry seems to really be there. And I think when these venues open up, you guys are going to really take off. Um, I want to go ahead and wrap up so you guys can get to your show. Um, go ahead and plug anything. Uh, the EP, your two singles coming out. Any dates you might have? We have one date. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, have uh, tonight, and then we have well, two. Yeah. yeah, tonight and then uh, December first um, at Bowie's downtown with a, a, a Nashville rock night. Um, the EP, we're hoping to put that out by the end of the year. It'll be called New Dangers. Um, yeah. Find us at uh, Beyond Here Music on Facebook. Beyond Here Music on all the socials. We take Venmo, Cash App, and Chick Fil A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mostly Chick Fil A. We're a wings band. Colt, uh, Chris <laughs> Kitwood. Um, yeah, we've used him as a photographer yeah. at most of our shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a fantastic photographer. Quick turnaround. Um, Say his name one more Chris time. Chris Kitwood, K I T W O O D. Kitwood Photo um, is his yeah. photo. tag. Yeah. Um, I mean. Just a sweetheart of a guy. He shoots for the Ryman, and for some reason, mm-hmm. he hangs out with us. He thinks, yeah. Our shows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know cool. why. <laughs> he's awesome, though. And uh, forgive me, I don't know his name. The guy who did our video for Go Josh. There. Oh, yeah, Josh Lockhart oh, um, from Lockhart job. Media that did our video for Go There. It's a fantastic job. Yeah, well, I mean, we've had a great team around us and definitely love them all. That's awesome. Well, uh, so in the uh, in the interest of building this network, um, what I've been, how I've been ending these episodes is just uh, been asking each band or artist um, to promote an artist of their choice that's local to Nashville. Um, is there someone that you'd like to, you know, sort of promote? And 
recommend fathers, recommend to the October, listeners. Deep Purple. Like all these great friends. I just stepped on all of that. Say that again. Sir. No, I was just, we have too many. It, I can't. Yeah. Somebody that we want to support more than anybody yeah. else. Yeah, Echo Pilot. Echo Pilot. Tell you a band welcome. that everyone needs to hear. There you go. The Saturdays. Yep. Yes. Sad as in happy and sad Saturdays. Okay. Mm-hmm. Unreal. Best yeah. band I've heard in Nashville. Unreal. Okay. Yeah. Well, guys, I really appreciate you guys um, coming in and uh, sitting in and doing this, especially since you have a show right after. Um, go listen to their music, Beyond Here, and uh, that's the episode. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that is the episode with Beyond Here. Those guys are super awesome and easy to talk to, which is always great for me because it makes a podcast much easier to do when you have guests that are, you know, as cool and chill as them and just really willing to discuss their experience in Nashville and coming up through the music scene. Don't forget to check out their new EP out, New Dangers, and we'll end the episode with uh, one of the songs off of that EP. This is called Young One. Getting cold in the shade, did you get comfortable? That's the worst thing to be, making it difficult to see. You need to move so you can live your life, so you can live your Change it all.